From Greenville, South Carolina, we present... Let the Bible Speak. Let the Bible Speak is the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, preaching Christ in all His fullness. for joining us for another broadcast of Let the Bible Speak, featuring messages preached by Dr. Alan Cairns, founder of Let the Bible Speak Radio Ministries. Currently, Dr. Cairns is bringing a series of studies in the earthly life and ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ, messages that focus on the Savior Himself, as revealed in His teaching and miracles, His atoning death on the cross, and His glorious resurrection. We'll hear from Dr. Cairns in just a few minutes. First of all, we invite you to enjoy this devotional thought from the pen of C.H. Spurgeon, as found in his collection called Morning and Evening. Our text for this morning is found in 2 Samuel chapter 5 and verse 23. And David inquired of the Lord. When David made this inquiry, he had just fought the Philistines and gained a signal victory. The Philistines came up in great hosts, But by the help of God, David had easily put them to flight. Note, however, that when they came a second time, David did not go up to fight them without inquiring of the Lord. Once he had been victorious, and he might have said, as many have in other cases, I shall be victorious again. I may rest quite sure that if I have conquered once, I shall triumph yet again. Wherefore should I tarry to seek at the Lord's hands? Not so, David. He had gained one battle by the strength of the Lord. He would not venture upon another until he had ensured the same. He inquired, Shall I go up against them? He waited until God's sign was given. Learn from David to take no step without God. Christian, if thou wouldst know the path of duty, take God for thy compass. If thou wouldst steer thy ship through the dark billows, put the tiller into the hand of the Almighty. Many a rock might be escaped if we would let our Father take the helm. Many a shoal or quicksand we might well avoid if we would leave to His sovereign will to choose and to command. The Puritan said, As sure as ever a Christian carves for himself, he'll cut his own fingers. This is a great truth. Said another old divine, He that goes before the cloud of God's providence goes on a fool's errand. And so he does. We must mark God's providence leading us. And if providence tarries, tarry till providence comes. He who goes before providence will be very glad to run back again. I will instruct thee and teach thee in the way which thou shalt go, is God's promise to his people. Let us then take all our perplexities to him, and say, Lord, what wilt thou have me to do? Leave not thy chamber this morning without inquiring of the Lord. Thank you. 
what a privilege to come into God's presence Just to linger with the one who set me free As I lift my eyes and see his awesome glory I remember who he is and bow the knee One of the chief characteristics of the Protestant Reformation of the 16th century was the preeminent place given to the Bible. The Reformers' motto was, The Bible alone, the religion of the Protestants. Men such as Martin Luther and John Knox insisted that the Holy Scriptures contain everything necessary for Christian faith and practice. 
It is important for believers in the 21st century to understand the central significance of the Bible in daily living and in the battle for spiritual truth. Let the Bible Speak is making available free of charge a booklet called The Bible and the Protestant Reformation, published by the Trinitarian Bible Society. To obtain your copy, simply email info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you wish, you may call us at 864-244-2408. That's 864-244-2408. If you prefer regular mail, you may simply write, Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Just ask for your copy of The Bible and the Protestant Reformation, and we'll be delighted to provide it. This week on Let the Bible Speak, Dr. Cairns has been presenting seven essential views of Christ, taking his text from Matthew chapter 16. Though the expectation of the Messiah's appearance was reaching a fevered pitch at that time, few recognized Jesus as the one promised in the Old Testament. In Peter's confession, Thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God, we find a number of vital truths regarding the Lord Jesus Christ. First, he is the Christ, the Anointed One promised through all the Old Testament scriptures. Next, he is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, equal in power and majesty to God the Father and to the Holy Spirit. As Dr. Cairns will emphasize, this view of Christ demands complete consecration and identification with him. It alone gives meaning and worth to life and our service for him. Now Dr. Cairns concludes the first of two messages called Seven Essential Views of Christ. God is infinite, eternal, and unchangeable. And he essentially, necessarily, and eternally exists as Father, Son, and Holy Spirit. Why do I emphasize this? Because it was God, the Son, who became the Christ, the Anointed One. Hebrews chapter 1 tells us, God, who at sundry times and in diverse manners spake in time past unto the fathers by the prophets, hath in these last days spoken unto us by his Son, or in his Son. 
Here is the full light of God's revelation to men. The Christ is the Son of the living God. Now let me ask you again, what have you to say about that? You see, this is not just esoteric doctrine. What do you have to say about that? Jesus is penetrating the conscience and he's saying, Whom do you say that I am? Do you say with Peter, Thou art the Christ, Thou art the Son of the living God? Now stop and think, man. Stop and think. Are you really saying that? Peter was looking at a man of a given height and weight. He was looking at a man. And he said, Thou art the Son of God. God manifested to me in the flesh. True God and true man. The Christ, the anointed, the Savior, the Redeemer. That's who you are. And Jesus said, Peter, you're right. That's the revelation of God to you. Now, do you understand this? Once Peter said that, once he said that, once he believed that, once he was convinced of that, what could he do? Could he dismiss him? Could he say, I will think no more about him than I do of Nicodemus? No. Could he say, I'll go back to my fishing and forget I ever met him? Could he say, I'll worship him on Sunday and the rest of the week I'll go and forget him? No, listen, once he came to that, thou art the Christ, thou art the Son of the living God. Listen, that was a total life-changing and life-governing confession. Because once I come to the absolute conviction, this is the Son of God, that takes absolute total, irreversible control of my heart. It has to. You see, what I'm trying to make you understand, and this is part of the reason the Lord Jesus introduced this with such a penetrating question, what I'm trying to make you understand is that mouthing theological truth is one thing, but grasping it with the faith of a heart is another thing. If Christ, Jesus, is to you the Christ, the Son of the living God, then men and women, there's only one place for you to be, and that's at his feet. There's only one thing for you to do, and that's confess him before heaven, earth, and hell as your Lord. That's one reason I have been emphasizing as we approach this baptismal service that there are many people here who say they're saved and you have never, you have never been baptized. You have never publicly come right out and said to heaven, earth, and hell, my colors are kneeled to the mast. I am Christ's. No matter what it costs, no matter where it leads, I am Christ's.
because this is the Son of the living God. All men and women understand this. This is not a matter for mere academic discussion. This is the matter for the total worship of the heart. I said, your answer to this question would determine who and what you really are, where you really stand, the worth and significance of your present life. See, if this is true, let me explain what I mean by worth and significance. If this is true, this does what the old Puritans used to talk about. It sanctifies any calling in life. In the world's eyes, you've got to be somebody. You've got to accomplish something. You've got to make so much money. You've got to ascend to a certain height ever to amount to anything significant. Lies and nonsense. The only real significance to my life is my relationship to Jesus Christ and my service for him. And I say this very honestly and very humbly. There has been many a street sweeper or garbage collector who has served the Lord as diligently, as lovingly, as honorably and as effectively as I or any other preacher. This is what gives significance and worth to your life. When you come to pass Jordan's River, then if you haven't already, then you will come to understand the profundity of that little chorus that we I'm sure all sang as children and young people only one life it will soon be passed only what's done for Christ will last Anything else you have ever done will be useless. When we get to heaven and walk on streets that are paved with gold, do you really think, do you really think that a million measly, paltry, filthy little American dollars or British pounds would mean anything? Do you really think that? No, no. There the only thing is what's done for Jesus. What's done for Jesus? We have a hymn in our hymnal. At least I think it's in our new hymnal. We haven't sung it yet. We used to sing it back in Ulster a lot. Will there be any stars, any stars in my crown? When at evening the sun goeth down, 
big question. This is what defines who you are, the worth of your life, but most of all, the eternal destiny of your soul. Is he the Christ? Is he the Son of the living God to you? He is. Whether you believe it or whether you don't, he is. But all men and women, if you are to be with him eternally, then this confession must be your confession. I trust today, I pray that in the mercy of God, As we come to a close of this service, every knee will bow and every voice will be uplifted to our Savior. And in total renunciation of self and of sin, repentance and faith, every voice will cry, Thou art the Christ. Thou art the Son of the living God. Let's bow our heads in prayer. Our gracious God, and our loving Father in heaven, we do bless and praise Thee today that Thou hast given us Thy Son to be our Savior. No angel could ever be our prophet, priest, and king. No created being could ever become bone of our bone and flesh of our flesh and carry through his obedience unto God an infinite righteousness and merit with which to clothe us shed blood so precious that it would cleanse away the guilt of a race. Lord, no creature could ever do that. But, oh, we bless Thee that Thou didst not send Michael or Gabriel or any other angel. Thou didst send Thine only begotten Son. We praise Thee Thou didst anoint Him. We thank Thee, our God, that Thou hast said, This is my beloved Son. Hear ye Him. O God, we thank Thee that Christ is the Christ, the Son, the Savior. And we long today that every knee here would bow to Him. We long that every tongue here would confess Him. We long, our God, that this day there would be a marvelous, glorious move of the Spirit of God in every heart to bring souls to the Savior. And then, Lord, we pray for those who name the name of Jesus, who would say, yes, thou art the Christ, the Son of the living God. But somehow the vibrancy, the importance, the life-governing power of that reality has not gripped their hearts, or if it has, isn't gripping their hearts right now. Lord, we pray for every professor of Jesus' name that this 
will be a day when God the Holy Ghost will show them afresh the glory and the beauty of incarnate deity, God in flesh, for their salvation. And, O Lord, we pray that with this confession upon their lips and flowing from their hearts, every professor may truly, truly say, Christ for me, I live for him and follow him and confess him and, if need be, die for him. It's Christ for me. We think, Lord, of the words of the psalmist Asaph. Whom have I in heaven on earth but thee? Whom do I desire beside thee? O God, we pray that thou wilt give that testimony to every heart. Bring thy people who profess thy name to a total, absolute, unconditional surrender. Here am I, Lord. Let my life tell for thee. Wherever I am, whatever I am, wherever I go, Lord, let my life tell for Thee. So answer prayer and give fruit for Thy Word. Father, hear our prayer. Give us a visitation from on high, real fruit, real results will last forever. Now part as we pray with thy blessing. Keep us in thy fear. Be the portion of every blood-bought child of God. And grant that the beauty of the Lord will be upon us, that others may take note. We have been with Jesus. We pray in his name. Amen. You've been listening to Let the Bible Speak, the radio ministry of the Free Presbyterian Church of North America. We hope you've enjoyed and benefited from today's program. We are here as your servants for Christ's sake. If we can be of any further help to you in the things of the Lord, we invite you to contact us. If you would like to receive our booklet, Separated Unto the Gospel, a booklet that sets forth the beliefs and standards of the Free Presbyterian Church, you may have a copy free of charge, simply for the asking. Our mailing address is Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. That's Let the Bible Speak, 1207 Haywood Road, Greenville, South Carolina, 29615. Our email address is info at faithfpc.org. That's info at faithfpc.org. If you would like to learn more about the Free Presbyterian Church of North America, we invite you to visit our website, www.fpcna.org. That's www. .fpcna.org. This is Charles Kelsch saying thank you for listening and inviting you to join us again as we Let the Bible Speak.